For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. There's some old school headphones. We, we have both just had a week, haven't we? We have had a week, yes. Now okay. it's a, uh, been a beautiful day, though. It has. Beautiful week. I'm glad it's over. For sure. Yeah. Technology's been uh, the bane of my existence this week. Mine too. And yet the thing I'm also <laughs> most excited about. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? Do, uh, do you see your work... And what you do, like when AI kicks in, do you have any fear of it being able to do what you do? Yes and no. I think some of the things that I do are so uh, specific to a site or a property that it can't really be easily replicated. On a, I mean, they're just, I don't think it would be, I think it's too niche what I do right now. It's, it's killer, and we'll open the show, but uh, I've been listening to AI Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty good. Sounds like Nirvana. Really? Yeah. And it's AI? Yeah. Oh, that's like, wild. The music, uh, I mean, the vocals, everything, it's like very Nirvana. That's wild. And I mean, they've done that, like, they've done it too. There's an AI Drake. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Drake would like, collaborate. I think that the like next step is going to be like not only with AI, but especially with them like developing personalities and stuff, being able to like think and do the way that we've gotten with CGI. I think we're going to have completely computer generated celebrities that act in movies. So it'd be like a crossover between anime and real. And so they would be able to essentially program a celebrity or a character. You're so right. Yeah. But we already do it. Like, think about uh, Tupac. You see the hologram Tupac? Yeah, but, like, this would be somebody that people, like, follow on Twitter or Instagram. Like, they have a whole persona, and they interact. Some of them already do. They just don't show up at, like, red carpets. Yeah, like, uh, there's a couple of Instagram accounts like that. I think that... But, but it's real big on Twitter, like, in, like... Let's say there's a real controversial political tweet. Oh yeah. And then there there are AI bots that mm -hmm. have Twitter accounts and then like a person will be like I think one of them is explain this bob. Mhm. Mm and then you just tag them and then the next thing you know they'll drop a treat a tweet right underneath yours and they'll be like just some kind of explanation for it. You know? I think it's going to get to the point where I don't know if you've seen Black Mirror but it's always those episodes on Netflix were always like something that's right on the cusp of our technology like something that's so close to happening and I feel like it's going to get to the point where it's like the new Kardashian like but they're fake like they don't they're people that don't exist but people they'll have that level of like a cult following and people will be like in love with them or oh, absolutely. worship I mean, them and they're not real but they could be essentially perfect because I mean think about these remakes of like Little Mermaid Lion King all that it's all CGI, it's and it CGI. looks it looks real. You, so why not you, be the, not why not have a whole cast 
that you don't have to pay of these celebrities that are technically perfect. Yeah. That people will still watch and fall in love with and their acting can be flawless because you can program it to do whatever you want. That's just it. All you need is a writer. And then at that point, though, do you even need a writer? Well, that's the weird thing about, you know, the writer strike. Yeah. We don't have, like, the late shows and, like, yes. uh, even, like, some of the, like, Sitcoms, Simpsons. any Sitcom, of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're all on strike. I mean, I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah. I, they, I mean, they deserve it. But. But. Like they're you, very you might replaceable. Be a, you yeah, might be out of a job. You're, you're very replaceable right now <laughs> for free. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I think everything still is going to need that human element for the time being. I think you'll be able to kind of see the glitches between generated and human, but I mean, it's right there. It's right there between knowing us enough that it can pick up on nuances and slang I, mean, I think that human element is the only thing separating us let's pick this up welcome everybody <laughs> to porch salt this is your host alan as you've heard her i have lauren back yes and uh i'm excited for we're going to get back to ai but uh midwife crisis is going to be a thing yes. i have seen the design yes and thanks to alan for giving me the push that i need to get it going kudos to you buddy this is going to be like my fifth or sixth podcast that I'm going to help get off the ground. I could not be happier. The Podfather. Yeah, dude. And they're all so different. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure this is nothing like anything that... I think you're going to be great. And I, 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 I have so. not met your friend Ashley, but uh, I'm excited for it. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, and she is excited. I, t- I told her, I said, you know, once we get going and everything, we're going to have to have Alan on the podcast because he's Dude, responsible. She was like, let's do it. It's two midwives and the ex-husband. Yes. Bless <laughs> it. Are you an ex-husband? I am. I didn't know that. There is a, there's a lot of things. I'm a first wife. She is a... Divorced, remarried, and now you're an ex-husband. We're just a blended, perfect little family. Who knows what we could get into? I know. I tell I tell Bo all the time he's making a perfect first husband, but my second one's going to be just loaded. <laughs> loaded down with money and cancer. Just ready to go. Yeah, dude. That's that's the dream. Uh, any sugar mamas out there, hit me up. Y'all, please do. <laughs> I'm a sweetheart. Yes, hit the podfather up. He is ready to go. Yeah, man. I'm telling you. Uh, man, you could... Uh, I'm, I'm cheap, too, man. I, I like hot dogs. <laughs> I like bologna sandwiches. <laughs> he likes regular beer. Sometimes you can treat him to a craft beer, but my man, he's ready to go. Always yeah. ready to go out, too. I'm just, like, so many, so many wonderful things have happened. Uh, since I started this podcast. That's awesome. Uh, the job that I currently have, uh-huh. uh, a lot of the friends that I have, uh, M- Monson Brothers, mm-hmm. a lot of the musicians and comedians that I've met through the podcast. And man Up. Man Up. That was through. And that was like meeting Jake or even Ryan Monson from Monson Bros mm-hmm. was like mutual friend. Matter of fact, it was the same one. Shout out, Leslie. Uh, she told me about Munson Brothers because I love beards. I love having one. And she's like, there is literally a, be- a beard apothecary in town. And I think he would be great for your podcast. You know who looks good without a beard? Who? Women. I agree. <laughs> Other than that? I totally agree. Men need beards. 
uh, beard fish me all day long. I'm fine with it. Yeah. And, but, and then once again, Leslie, she tells me about Jake. She's like, my son trains at relentless and it's, it's been great for him. I mean, kind of like, you know, like what you say about your daughter like yeah. with her, it's, it's a good way for them to unload all that energy. Oh God. Yeah. And that's another thing is like, just because a kid is hyperactive, I don't think we give them Adderall. Same. Just keep them busy. Let them be a kid. Yeah. We institutionalize them all day. Let them go freaking nuts from the time school's out till you get home and go to bed. Just, I can't personally watch you while you do it, but I am happy to take you to activities and keep you well entertained. Yeah. Just, I can't personally entertain you. Have you been enjoying and have you been taking her to see these uh, new Disney live-action films? We don't do a lot of the movie theater here, only because it's the movie theater here. But uh, she's been to a couple of movies. Um, she, We liked Jungle Book, and we liked... Uh, Lion King, and and the second time we watched Aladdin, we liked that. I don't know, the first time just didn't hit for me. I think you got to get out of what you're expecting from the nostalgia from the first one to be able to accept the second one. I don't even mess with them. Like, I I, I can't touch it. I know. It's just like, yeah, it's, I know what they're doing. They're, they're just, hey, 90s kids. It's a money grab. Yeah, it's money grab. It's like, we're playing with your nostalgia, now you have kids, and now you get to experience this again live action with your kid and um but that i mean they did add certain things to like uh, aladdin and lion king and jungle book that was kind of cool i mean they changed it a little bit but uh my husband said that he watched mulan with her and that it was garbage he was like i hated it and we love mulan so it was i mean oh the cartoon it was a banger I know, and I'm scared to watch uh, Little Mermaid now, because if you were an 80s kid, like I was, like late 80s, going into the 90s kid, and you were a girl... Oh, Little Mermaid was it. Little Mermaid was the jam. I mean, that was our Frozen. We went off on Little Mermaid. I can still sing every word to every bit of it. And so to see it... And I don't even care that they changed the girl. I don't care about any of that, but I saw... I kind of do. Yeah, I don't, but I saw pictures of... Uh, for one reason, and this is a joke, people, <laughs> of gingers, we are the minority of the planet, and in Hollywood, in these films, <laughs> we're all being replaced. And, like, be true to form. Like, I, I don't care about the replacement. It, it That literally doesn't bother me, except when it comes to gingers. It's like, you took Annie from us. Oh, that you, was my jam. You took... You take Ariel... My dream role would be to play Miss Hannigan in any performance, anywhere. <laughs> God, I loved yeah, it. It's... But I saw Flounder, and I felt some type of way. I was like, that looks just eerie. Like, it didn't it didn't look right. It didn't look like the cuddly, fluffy Flounder little coward that we have. It reminded me like of a, like a pudgy little boy in the cartoons. And this Flounder looks like a real... Like, as, that was the most off-putting thing to me in the previews that made me... I haven't really watched uh, a lot of the previews. Uh, I guess I need to. I haven't even thought about like some of the the fish and yeah, the, like the it seagull. Was, it was and... weird. So I, I don't know. I don't know about this one. And I, I think CGI still underwater is kind of hit or miss. Avatar did it. I haven't seen it yet. The new one? I want to. My nephew, uh, it's 
he's finally old enough to where he can enjoy uh, movies. Shout out, Bub, if you're out there listening in the internet. Uh, but he wanted to go see the new Avatar, and like when the first one came out, I don't even think he was born. Oh yeah. And I remember the the first Avatar was like the big flex for CGI. Like that was her thing. This oh, is yeah. going to be groundbreaking. We're using CGI. And it's I remember 3D too. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That's the first time I ever had a headache from a 3D movie. Of <laughs> uh, and cool, but I remember the, like the story didn't really go anywhere, and it was kind mm-hmm. of it was boring. But it was like exciting to see because you had never seen anything like that. But like the story itself was kind of lacking. Mm-hmm. But with the new one, although it is three hours of uh, great pace, the action's always there. I'm not the biggest action Jackson guy. I like comedy movies. I like. Uh, dramas, mm-hmm. uh, dramas, dramas, mm-hmm. and I like uh, thrillers. Yeah, that those are my three jams when it comes to film, and um, I like documentaries too. But uh, he wanted to go see it, and I was like, "Yeah, dude, this is dope." Me and my brother and you, let's all go to the movies. We'll go to the IMAX. Mm-hmm. Great movie. We all had a great time, and I was scared I was gonna fall asleep, <laughs> but uh, I didn't. Dude, we uh, went to uh, Disney in September and went to Pandora. Like, when when we went the first time, when Brooklyn was, my, my oldest daughter's 17, and she was probably, like, 11 or 12 the first time we went. But they finished Pandora, and we've been since they opened Pandora and got to ride, like, the rides where you're on the... Uh, the little fly deal, like, the dragon situation's back, and you, like... Uh, I mean, it has smells at you. It spits, like, water at you. Like, it's, like, legit. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was awesome. Oh, that is dope. Uh, I went yeah. to Universal, and it was the first time, like, riding those inside rides. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think you're move. It's just, like, it's it's moving. Yes. And you have different, yes. like, I was kind of uh, mind-boggled, really. Mm-hmm. I was, and I'm easy to confuse, and I was very confused. <laughs> and, um... It was just a blast, man. Like Spider-Man ride, and then you know they got the Hulk and the real rides, which I I do enjoy. But those CGI rides are nice. You get to wait inside. You don't have to wait outside in a hot line. Oh, and they do like the whole deal. Like the whole line is like going through a lab, and so you it's like the lab in the movie. You see like the body, like Jake laying there, and then you see the um his avatar in the little chamber where it's like being grown it, oh, that's like they don't spare any expense or attention to detail it Harry is Potter so Potter world is banging cool. if you ever been to universal no dude, i haven't been to universal so i'm like the most motion sick person ever so when we go to disney i have to have like a dramamine tablet as well as like a patch that the doctor gives me behind my ear to be able to ride anything so what about like seasickness can you get out on a boat it depends on the boat. Like, if we're on, like, the river or the reservoir, yes. If we're going deep sea fishing and it's, like, sloshing the whole time, no. Mm. Like, I don't... I can move, but I can't sit and, like, rock. What about airplanes? Airplanes, ironically, don't bother me, but they give me anxiety now that I've had kids. Flying, since I've had kids, I'm like, well, we're going to crash and we're going to die. And it started <laughs> when I was pregnant. And I took the flight from Tupelo to Nashville. And at the time, I could have, like, stroked the pilot's hair. That's how small the plane was. And I don't like that. That's not for me. It felt like I was flying on the back of an eagle. And I remember (laughs) just sitting there, pregnant, 
quietly sobbing with my eyes closed, surrounded by people I work with. Oh, no. And I don't like to cry, let alone in front of people. (coughs) And there's a mirror where they can, like, see me, and I can see them. So I just keep my eyes closed and quietly, like, shake and sob the whole time. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this flight. I'm done with flying. And I've flown since. And for some reason, if we're all four together... I don't care. I don't care if we all four die. I just don't want to die by myself and Bo raised the kids with some girl named Cinnamon who's like 22 and he's putting through college while she works at the Pony. That's just not the journey that I'm on. Right. That's a lot. That's a lot. That last bit, that's funny. That caught me off guard. <laughs> Cinnamon. Yes. I'm just helping her put her, I'm just helping put her through college. Nice. That's all. Yeah. Shout out to you, Cinnamon. Oh. Yeah. Stay away from my kids. Yeah, and I know you're out there, but <laughs> stay away for now. Mm-hmm. I'm just one plane right away from mm-hmm. this. First time that I flew in a plane uh, was when I was scouting uh, University of Mobile to go back to college. I had uh, got a trade at Shelton State in industrial electronics, little associates, and was working in that field. Got the hookup. Mm-hmm. Uh, electric Motors here in town, mm-hmm. owned by the Davises. Love those guys, good people. Uh, they called Shelton State. They were excited about the program, and they was like, uh, send us uh, your brightest, and it's a plus if he's already in this area. Right. And uh, my name came up. <laughs> and I was right when I left uh, uh, the doors of college, I was walking in the doors of work, and I, my, my professor who was over the department, he called me in his office. He's like, this literally never happens, so congratulations. <laughs> he's like, most of our people... I'll join, like, the internship at, like, Mercedes, and all they do at Mercedes is just take advantage of you. They'll never hire you. It's a one-year internship. Oh, yeah. They get what they want out of you, and then they release you. Oh, yeah, and don't pay you. Yeah. And he's like, you got a legit job. Good for you, dude. Yeah. Glad we could hook you up. And I was working in that field for about a year, and uh, this is when uh, Cross would come back into my life. I was uh, really unhappy. Mm-hmm. Uh because I went to trade school, and I was working in this trade, and I thought it was going to fulfill me. Mm-hmm. And there was a God-sized hole in my heart. That yeah. There was no fulfillment. And I was looking, you know, different things, trying to find that fulfillment. Couldn't find it. And uh, recently had gotten back involved with church, and uh, Christ was coming back into my life. And I wanted to learn more about missions and the Bible, and so I wanted to go to a private Christian college. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, he actually flew Ronald Reagan in a helicopter. That like he was Reagan's guy. Uh, he was a member at the church at the time. Uh, he was a colonel in the Air Force, Colonel Hildreth, and uh, he had a little four-seater plane. <laughs> no, thank you. And it was the most fun I ever had in my life. It was like uh, typically from this area, it takes four, four and a half hours to get to Mobile. It took you like fifteen minutes. <laughs> no, it was like a little. Like it was like around an hour, uh-huh. and the whole time it felt like I was on a roller coaster. I love roller coasters, and I was like, "Man, this is awesome!" And I uh, flew in the St. Elmo's little private airport right outside of Mobile. Uh, taxis in over to the school. Got to meet everybody, all the professors, everybody in the department. I liked it, and boom, moved to Mobile. I would have literally had to be sedated to ride a four-seater plane. <laughs> oh, and like to talk about the elements, I, on the way back, because we had to leave because there was a chance of rain, and he's like, I don't fly in storms because no. we're, we're going to be up in the clouds. Mm-hmm. I was like, respect. 
And there happened to be like this huge bonfire on our way back. And he was like, Alan, I want to show you just how powerful fire is. Mm -hmm. And when when he started flying close to the fire, Mm -hmm. like we had turbulence. That's wild. Yeah, that plane was shaking, dude. And I was like, this is insane. He's like, yeah, fire literally can create its own weather. That's wild. Yeah. yeah, Tupelo apparently doesn't feel the same way as uh, the good colonel did because we landed one time when we when it was on that old uh, touch your pilot plane and <laughs> we landed sideways. He kind of rolls down the window, which, by the way, you should never be in a plane if you can roll down your window. That's just too small. I agree with that. And starts cussing out... The people on the ground, I told y'all this was a problem, blah, 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 like cussing them out. Meanwhile, I, I'm in a whole state in the back, just like, I'm never doing this again. I'm never doing this again. I live in Nashville now. That That's it. Like, I'm never going home if this is the only way to get home. Send my things. It, it, I mean, I had an existential crisis every time I flew that plane until they got the biggest, the bigger plane that they're on now. It was hell on earth that's all i can equate it to i guess that's, that's kind of like the lead in i guess to tie the story of mobile after i finished that degree at the university of mobile uh, my grandfather passed while i was there he was like my hero man he, pra- he practically raised me and uh his wife my grandmother she's now passed but uh every time i would go home she was just struggling with his passing mm-hmm. and uh i was i had been going through my divorce for about six months and I was just like, why am I still down here? Like, my family is in North Alabama, passing away slowly. And I am just staying in Mobile for what? I'm going to go back home and be with my friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, through that, I guess I wouldn't call it an existential crisis. Maybe a quarter-life crisis, something to that effect. But uh, Porch Talk was born. Nice. I didn't even know what a, like... I know Joe Rogan had been around for a while, but I, didn't, I wasn't even aware of podcasts. I didn't listen to them. I didn't know anything about them. And uh, like, I, like I told you, we literally recorded like 10, 15 episodes of Porch Talk before I was actually satisfied mm-hmm. with it. Before I finally pulled the trigger and like ended up being like one of the greatest things that I've ever done. That's awesome. I know that uh, everybody talks about Joe Rogan as like... you know, the biggest podcaster. He's the godfather of, of it. You everybody know? talks about that. First in, best dressed. But my introduction into podcasts was honestly Kevin Smith. He had wow. a whole network called Smodcast. And him and Jay, Jay and Silent Bob, for those of you that don't know, had a podcast together where they kind of, uh, they've known each other since they were kids, but kind of went through Jay's addiction and like um, how he... Basically, Kevin had to basically write him off for a while because he just put himself so far down the addiction rabbit hole that Kevin was like, I cannot do this anymore. You're going to die, and it's going to be partly my fault. And so he had a podcast with Jay, and he had a podcast with his wife, and then he had a couple others with like guys he owned a comic book store, and that was honestly my foray into podcasts. That, that's how I got into even knowing what podcasts were. Yeah, I really walked into it blind. Yeah. Like, uh, and I didn't even know, I don't even, the idea, the origin of it, I was sitting on a porch with a, a fr- we didn't even go to high school together, but we were friends in high school. I went to South Lamar, he went to New Hope mm-hmm. here in town. And uh, 
we always hung out. And I hadn't seen him in like six, seven years. And I hit him up when I got back. I was like, dude, I'm back. Let's, let's kick it. And uh, we would hang out on his porch, talk just like this, mm-hmm. catching up. And then when we were done, we would bring a guitar out and be like, oh, I've been working on this. Check this song out. Ah, oh, maybe you could help me finish this. I've got a little tangle. And after we had done that like five or six times, I was like, I don't think anything like this exists on the internet. I'm going to give this a go. Yes. And here we are. That's awesome. I've always wished I could play an instrument. That would be so cool. Especially like the guitar, like the violin. Like I've always sang, but I've never been instrumental. You a bit of a songbird? I, I, when it comes to like stabbing your ears or being like Adele, I'm somewhere in the middle of that. So pretty big range. Pretty big range. Shout um, out to you. I would never say that I was. Would you like uh, to give us a little acapulco uh, right now? You know, <laughs> as much as I would like to, I don't want your podcast to get like blown up with like offers for me. So I'm doing that for you. Wow, thank you. I know I'm being very, very gracious right now. Yes, you are. Yeah, because I don't want people like, oh, how do I get in touch with her? You know, I'm trying to sign her. You know, so I'm just I'm going to save that. As a matter of fact, we'll, we'll front this. If you're interested, uh, I'll be your agent. There we go. So you can come through me, and, uh, you know, I'm going to be a good agent. Like, uh, you know, I'll do, instead of 10%, I'll do 1%. I don't know how much either would, of us would make if you were only making 1%. That's got to be better than right now, surely. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be. Man, this guy is tripping me out. He, he is a character. For those of you who can't see, because we're not on video, my neighbor is uh, quite a character. Him and his wife are always outside doing some type of thing with their weeds, and uh, he cannot seem to get this sprinkler just exactly the way he wants it. So he's having quite the time with it while she supervises. I'm trying not to look, but good good description. Thank you. You've, uh, you painted that image perfectly. I've been, you think he's like looking over here at us and thinking the same thing? He probably wonders what's going on. I'm surprised he hasn't, like, walked over and been like, what you guys up to? And That'd be pretty dope. My husband would be like, get off our yard. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> get some neighborhood violence. <laughs> well, I mean, it is Columbus. Hey, speaking of, like, uh, like you mentioned, like, Silent J's, or Silent Bob, I guess it would have been. Yeah. Uh, his drug addiction. Did you see, like, the, like, Bam Margera is just on one? Dude. I mean, it's so sad, especially after, like, Ryan Dunn and everything died. It, he hasn't been right since. And I went and watched the new Jackass. I haven't And, you know, him. like, he wasn't really in there at all. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let him because of his addiction. Yeah. And then he, di- he didn't want them to do the in memory of mm-hmm. Dunn. But, they, you know, crazy. they did it anyway. Yeah. It's because, like, why wouldn't you? Well, he doesn't have ownership of that. Right. And then I hate it because he's got a son. And, like, you can see the way his son lights up when he, like, gets to see his dad. But it's obviously few and far between. But if you watched, like, any of the uh, reality shows that he had, I mean, he was always bad off. It was just entertaining at the time because we didn't know what addiction looked like and how bad it really was but then you see people like steve-o get sober and talk about it and, and still do jackass yeah and be like we were such a mess we were such a mess yeah it's like uh i mean every time I've, i see like and it's coming to a point to where it's like getting about to be once a month where like he's coming up and like and this is tabloid garbage but mm-hmm. it's like man bam i just wish the best for you because i mean 
as a teenager watching Viva La Bam. Oh, it's yeah. funny. Jackass. Oh, yeah. Remember the Wild Boys? Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris That's Pontius. That's where it started. Yeah. Oh, Chris Pontius was my... For that era, he was like the pinnacle of my crush. Like, that was it for me. And, you know, that was... We were coming through MTV, and this one thing I, I miss about music television was when they played music, but I did not mind... That that portion of MTV oh, where yeah. they were doing like all this reality. Oh yeah, these, I mean that's where it was born, really. I, we've done several episodes on this to where we had like four or five of my friends, and we, we all grew up watching it. Yeah, and, like literally coined this term, TM trademark, <laughs> calling ourselves the Jackass Generation. Yeah, we were raised by idiots, and therefore you know the little pre-label is like done by professionals. Do not try at home. They knew everybody and their mother was doing oh, yeah. it. I mean, home. and think about who mom and dad were. Mom and dad were uh, Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne. Because they had, like, the first reality show on there. Yeah. So, I mean, you're growing up with the Osbournes, uh, Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson. I mean, all those. Never was into that Laguna one. Beach, the hills. Nick Lachey, was that, uh, is that Backstreet? Or is that uh, No, he was 98 Degrees. Shout out, dude. I've been on that lately. Yeah. 98 degrees him his brother and two other dudes they were a little bit older than backstreet boys and nsync which was like my my jam but they were around the same time so it was aaron and nick carter that was aaron carter was the younger brother of nick carter who was in the backstreet boys aaron is the one who just died he od'd in his bathtub yeah but he went like off the deep end like would say all this stuff about his family and how nick was a right uh person who assaults women and like just all this sort of like he just went far down the rabbit hole got his face all tattooed up so you never knew if like what he was saying was real or if it was the addiction talking and he was trying to stay relevant like it was tough like yeah, and I, they keep giving these people a platform, just like they keep giving Bam a platform. And then when they're dead, everybody's like, "Oh, we feel so sorry for them." Blah blah blah. No, you're still trying to profit off their memory when really you gave them the platform to kill themselves. Yeah, dude. <sighs> well, that's that's a heavy hitter right now, and you see that all the time. But I, I couldn't imagine, and it, it's always like these. Uh, you know, you think about Britney Spears, Justin oh, Timberlake. God. Well, they all were like Disney kids, right? Oh yeah, and Christina, so, Brittany, yeah. uh, uh, Ryan Gosling, who was in the Notebook. He was a, a shout out to the new Barbie. He's in yes, that. yes. Little Margot Robbie. Yes. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, not gonna watch it in theaters, but I might check that out. Let it hit streaming. Yeah. Let it hit let, streaming. Let that thing go. I mean, it's a um, God, what's is it a Coppola movie or no uh, Greta um, Gerwig? It's a Greta Gerwig movie. She does good stuff. Mm-hmm. She does. So I think they're probably going to have like a more serious take on it because one of the previews I saw. Well, she's got to leave Barbie Land and go. They're to the like real world. dancing, yeah. and Barbie's like, "Do y'all ever think about dying?" And everybody <laughs> looks at her and is like, "Wait, what?" So I think that's like, the whole premise of the film, right? Getting out of Barbie world. I going think, yeah, to I think like she, yeah, I think she kind of has like they an say that they use Barbie so crisis. much pink paint with the set that they actually created a, a, a scarcity oh that's not surprising that's <laughs> wild but it'll i think it'll be cool it'd be very nostalgic for somebody like me who grew up with like eh, like barbie addiction like oh, that was that? the jam oh yeah like i figured you was kind of like barbies. more of like a tomboy oh i mean i played sports and stuff but like it was gonna be in like a princess dress or it's like kind of like uh, kind of like your daughter showing up to yes. relentless in the, in the dress. Yes, 
Yes, do, she does. She will do karate, or not karate, sorry, Jake. She will do mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu in a princess dress if you'd let her. She doesn't care. Like, she's... That's her gi. Wild as Cooter Brown, yeah. <laughs> and so... Shout out. Yeah, shout out. Um, but, yeah, no, that was very much me. I had an older brother who was, like, my hero, and so I was into, like, Star Wars and Ninja Turtles and all that, but, like, if I had a birthday cake, it had Ninja Turtles on one side and Barbie on the other. It was... Oh, you was extra. Oh, God. Yeah, no, we did it. We did the whole thing. Nice. Yeah. I want to hop back to AI just for a second because, like... Let's do it. We could probably go for days on that, but... uh, Like like AI. I, yeah. But I think, like... And we did a whole... You know, I had uh, Farouk and Barty. They're... Uh, one's an astronomer. The other one's a quantum mm-hmm. physicist. And... Like, they both are using it in their field. And that was, like, I think I made the comment on and off the air is, like, I think a lot of what people are so afraid of with AI is the people they thought it was going to replace, such as, like, factory workers mm-hmm. or even truck drivers, they're not going anywhere. It's no. It's the more of the white-collar jobs. Oh, yeah, the creatives also. Like, uh, my husband, he is, bless his heart, he is a works with his hands blue collar grew up in steel always gonna be in a job where he works with his hands because that's where he thrives um you know i we talked about this recently it was like you know do you think that computers are going to take your job and he's like lauren somebody has to run the computers mm-hmm. you know yeah because he he used to work in a um business here i'm not going to name but uh they had horrible turnover they had horrible uh problems with employees and basically if they would just upgrade the machines they could eliminate half their workforce that they had problems with but at the same time you still have to have somebody very skilled to run the machine and like what we were talking about with the writers well you don't really need them to the extent that you have them you need somebody to proofread and make and give the human element to what the AI writes. That's so crazy. Like I'm seeing like college and high school, like especially in English, to where you have to write a paper. Mm-hmm. That is that is going into the syllabus now. Is do not you cannot use Chat GPT to write your paper. And I was like, bull crap, dude. Well, what they're saying, because my my work actually just did a, like a, we call them tool talks, a tool talk on that this week. And what they're saying is write the paper yourself and have chat GPT or AI proof it because they're developing processors that can tell if AI completely wrote it. But what you can do is give the human element to it. Let chat GPT or one of those systems you can proof give it. A it. Soul. Yes. And so it is it cheating i don't know it's a gray area because i mean like i guess when calculators first started you could say is that cheating i mean mean, it's it's basically ai negative 1.0 and i'm I'm actually for this like uh some of the comedy shows that i go to and i've even been to like to musicians uh especially like maybe a jack white Mm -hmm. or someone who's like i consider to be an absolute force in their field Mm mm-hmm you go to their show, like take Dave Chappelle and comedy, or like oh, literally, God. literally every comedian does this. Mm-hmm. Like every comedian show I've been to, 
yeah, you can have your phone, but we're going to put it in this package. Oh, yeah. And you can't access it until oh, yeah. after the show. Kevin Hart does that. Yeah, I mean, they all do and it. And real serious I mean, about it. Because I think about that as, let's say you kick your tour off, and let's just say in the Pacific Northwest, like, you're kicking off in Seattle. Some jackass records the whole thing, puts it online. That takes the value of the content away from him to where if I was planning on seeing him in Birmingham, I've already seen it. Well, not only that, the ones who are filming Netflix or HBO specials, at certain stops, they're workshopping their material still. They're not, yeah. they don't have it 100% to where they're going to be. So if you go ahead and blow the joke, oh, there's my cat, Timothy Chalamet, because he's the most beautiful boy in the world. Great um, name. Like I know, that. thank you. I have human names for all my stuff. But if you take a joke before it's ready, and people are like, oh, Dave Chappelle's so funny, blah, blah, blah. This is what he said. Well, now it's not usable. And it wasn't even where you wanted it to be by the mm -hmm. time it got to your special. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's just it's too much access. It's just too much access. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you go to the, the concert and someone is recording the entire thing on their Snapchat. Mm -hmm. And, like, my thing is I just want to touch them on the shoulder and be like, you ever thought about just like being in the moment? And that's one of the things. It's like I was so torn at Taylor Swift. It's like I wanted to have the memories and still have the content. So I was like, I wish I had gone twice in a row if I could have afforded it and done one where I record us at like us dancing and singing <coughs> and having fun and her. And then one where I don't even take my phone and just live in it. Well, granted, I mean, I'm sure you didn't post all the pictures and videos. No, but, God. But, but the ones that I did see, like, it was pre-show, and you had a couple, like, during the show. And I, I think you did a pretty good job of capturing that. And, you know, just as a friend and, like, it's one thing I do, like, about social media. I consider posts like that to be incredibly wholesome. Mm -hmm. Like, man, you and, you and, the, you and the girls, y'all had a great time. I like to see that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what I but try But one to thing, do. and another thing that I like, and a lot of people do this, is let's say you take my small town, Kennedy, mm -hmm. and we, we've most people in Kennedy operate this way. Let's say you go, you're going on vacation next week. I'm going. Yeah, I'm leaving Sunday. It's not. Well, I wouldn't ask you personally. I wouldn't ask you personally. No, I'm just saying, like hypothetically, like yeah. you're, you're going on vacation oh. next week. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Do not post pictures of you being at the beach while you're at the beach. Wait till you get back because, like, if there's someone that you're friends with on social media, they're at the beach, I'm going to go uh, see what's at your house that I want. Not only that, let me break you down on this one that I recently found out about. If I'm posting pictures of my kids at the beach, I'm making a virtual menu for predators. Yes, you are. Never had thought about that. So if I'm at the beach and I post pictures, I never tag where we're at while we're there because I re recently read about that or saw it in a podcast or something like you're making a, a basically a tasting menu for a predator to come snatch your kid up. Oh, I want a curly headed blonde. Let me come get yours. Because yep. who's not paying attention to a thousand percent? A lot of parents at the beach. I mean, you're ha you're on vacation. Oh, you're having a good this, time. This happened in Mississippi, and it shook me to my core, man. It was like the this it was uh, a mom, and I think she had two kids, and she was like 
another adult was there. Maybe they were having lunch with like an, an aunt or maybe just a family friend. Mm-hmm. And this dude just walks up and grabs the, the little daughter by the hand and starts leading her out. And thank God, like, people, like, stood up and be like, uh, no, yeah. no. And he was... People are bold. Yeah, bold. And, and they're getting bolder. Yeah, and the thing is, like, sadly, my oldest would have freaked out at that. My youngest would have been like, where are we going? She Like, unless you were threatening about it, I mean, she it used to be a joke, right? Like, yeah. And our parents used to tell us this, it's like... You know the the van, right? Yeah. Or don't take candy from strangers, and but now like our lives are also lived on social media, mm-hmm. and so like what portion of yourself that you give to the internet? Mm-hmm. One, it's always there, mm-hmm. and two, like people are preying on it. If my kids are featured in something, it's usually on my Facebook or my Instagram, and those are both set to private. I don't put them on my Snapchat or my Instagram. Like if I if it's a public forum, I don't put my kids on it, especially my youngest because she is and this sounds horrible, but she's the marketable, most marketable looking child. She's a blonde-headed, blue-eyed, curly-head. I'm like she is like she's the pinnacle of what would be wanted in a terrible community. Mm-hmm. And that's that's awful to even have to think about. But, like, when we're at Disney, when we're at the beach, I'm like, she would go for top dollar. And I, it's sad that we have to think about that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we're doing some pretty good PSAs here. Is, uh, Watch your kids, people. Uh, slavery is more prevalent and bigger than it ever was. Oh, God, especially and sex it, slavery. Sex slavery and child slavery. And there are whistleblowers and there are people that are bold enough to... Um, make the videos where people can get involved and change that. When I was living in Mobile, I can say this now, I'm no longer a part of it, but uh, I-10. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. You know, mm-hmm. and from uh, from Pensacola to New Orleans, and this happened to be like, I'm not going to name them, but it's well known. It was two players in the NFL that played for a particular team mm-hmm. on that I-10. They were the ones running that sex slavery That's racket. Wild. That's wild. And so, like, the organization that I was working with, mm-hmm. we were a big part of that getting busted up. That's that's awesome. Like, there's nothing I hate worse. Like, there's and I'm literally... T- like, it is so dangerous. It's grimy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it like, you thought the mafia was bad during, like, Prohibition and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Dude, there is, there is nothing more heinous, grotesque than people involved in sex slavery or child slavery oh yeah there's there's celebrities like um ashton kutcher and a few he he speaks out he's huge on it like um and he's like you can't you can't unsee some of the things that i've seen because he's been on like task force and tax i can't talk task forces and other groups where he's actually had to see some of the material and he's mm-hmm. like you can't unsee that like and i salute those people because i couldn't do it there's people who dig through that type of footage online and on the dark web and put a stop to it but like it has to take chunks of your soul and like it absolutely does i mean has to. and you are visibly scarred for life like some of the things that i've seen i have nightmares about oh yeah And some of these detectives and stuff, like the stuff that they roll up on and just, it's part of their everyday life and they have to go home and be with their wives and their families and their children. And it's just like, you literally just saw a dead child's body and you have to turn that off 
and be with your family and be a normal human, like, thank God certain people are wired that way because it would literally destroy me. I mean, and that's one thing, like, like Porch Talk does this. Uh, anytime that we do events or, like, we did uh, the open mic that I host at Munson Bros. Or mm-hmm. if, like, when I throw a music festival, it's not for profit. Like, mm-hmm proceeds that i do get it's going to go to a cause and it's typically uh, because we live on tornado alley like i give to families who have been affected by tornadoes to help put their lives back together Mm -hmm. or it goes to busting up sex and child slavery that's awesome i mean and that because it's a mission yes and like it's 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 getting worse though and yeah. like with all these people who are getting on board and all these people who are like man i've heard the message i want to get involved what can i do you know i got a family i got work i can't like be involved but i can give to the cause so i'm also very thankful for people like that yeah for sure because it takes it takes all sorts i mean not everybody can be financially like a financial backer but at the same time, not everybody could be somebody who gets in the thick of it. And you also can pray. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's a big thing that you can do. What's up, kitty cat? That's Jeffrey. Uh, how many cats you got? I, I say I have two and a half, and it started with Tux, my man Tuxedo Jones. And when I had Rivers, I was doing the whole new mom thing, and... He got in the dryer and he pooped on her new clothes. And I was like, well, buddy, you live outside now. This is your life. You live outside now. I hate it for you, but this is what happens. And so about a month later, I'm outside and I'm petting what I think is Tux. And Tux walks up. And that's how old Jeffrey Jeffrey the stud here was born. We ended (laughs) up with two cats. And my husband said, you didn't know we had that cat? And I said, "Uh, no, sure didn't. Sure did not know that we had this look-alike cat. And then uh, there's been a few strays since then, but Timothy Chalamet showed up as a kitten a few months ago. Can't touch him. That's why I say two and a half. You cannot touch him, but he will eat your food. And he's excited to do that. Just a a straight-up... He's a gangster. He's a hole for the food. But he's the most beautiful boy in the world. So that's why. No, that's Tux. He's kind of busted looking. Okay. Bless him. He's a very lovable guy, Jeffrey, there. I'm for it, man. Uh, one thing I do not like, and I don't want no part of, and there will, there will probably be countries and places on this earth that I will never see because of my fear of it. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of man-eating tigers. Oh, God, no. But, I mean, even here, like, uh, and my brother swears by it, like, we've got we've got a fair amount of land in Alabama, and... Uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. My brother tends to it and hunts it and like we got uh we got friends from all over cuz it's guaranteed like if you come hunt on our property you're gonna kill a buck or you're gonna get a if you want a doe you know you're gonna you're gonna get whatever you want. Very popular during your deer season. Mm-hmm. I yeah, my phone is it's very it rings a lot. Hey man. Yeah, let me uh, come by and hunt. What you been up to? Uh huh. Hey buddy. I hadn't talked to you in about a year. Same thing with football season. Like we're season ticket holders oh, for yeah. uh, Alabama. Hey Alan. I heard you got them good seats. Yeah, dog. just wondering, wondering how your mom and them been doing. Oh, yeah, I bet yeah. you are. So uh, yeah, but uh, up in the tree stand, like he swears that uh. I saw and heard a panther, and I was like, "Well, that, wild that tells stuff. me that tells me one thing: I'm not going back there." <laughs> like that is literally a fear of mine. It's like I, they're quiet, and when they do their little <laughs> whatever, it is it's over. It's over by the time no, they do like, that. I remember being a teenager and we were camping, and the coyotes started howling that didn't bother me but then i heard like maybe panther maybe mountain lion i heard that thing do its little call and i called my grandma and i was like come pick me up i'm done I with this i think i'm gonna throw up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, yeah all my friends how's a pussy <laughs> uh, uh, yes and you're like yes i am yeah guess when i grandma's gonna make me some cornbread when we get back to the house and we're gonna have a lovely time uh, we had breakfast she's in her for supper and we had breakfast for supper and we watched days of our lives and y'all are gonna die in the woods and i don't care love my grandma dude i did oh god she mine was the, the one best. that introduced me to lord of the rings which uh that's hilarious which is forever like my favorite fantasy yeah love that book uh but she introduced like we watched lord of the rings fellowship of the ring the first of the trilogy together and that led me down the best rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. I picked up J.R.R. Tolkien's writings, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, oh, yeah. Silmarillion, and all the history of Middle Earth. And then, then when I found out that C.S. Lewis and him were buddies, mm-hmm. that led me to C.S. Lewis with, uh, I think my favorite. I like Screw Tape Letters, uh, Surprised by Joys, probably my favorite work. But also you had Chronicles of Narnia. I was going to say, didn't he do Chronicles of Narnia? Uh, he also had like hot. lesser known mm-hmm. is uh, Escape from the Silent Planet. I don't know that one. It's not a, it's not as big, and I will say it's not as good as Chronicles of Narnia. But it, if you like fantasy, and it's kind of sci-fi like Star Wars, mm-hmm. it is worth a read. And the main difference between those two cats is like Tolkien gave his whole life to Middle Earth. He was a world builder, mm-hmm. and then C.S. Lewis gave you not only like theological work when it came to like personal writing such as screw tape letters when it's talking about like he's taking on the persona of a demon and how to keep humanity uh engaged with themselves instead of filling that god-sized hole oh wow it's like this is how you distract them oh wow and it it really like to read it today yeah like it does describe social media in in a sense to that screw screw tape letters like the 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 lesser demon is screw tape and he's writing his elder demon Mm -hmm. and like looking for advice to better antagonize his human oh wow and so like it is a great right if if you're into that thing and like a lot of people like blowing that off it's like but if you believe in the angelic or if you believe in god if you believe in good you have to believe evil have to yeah like if there's one there is the other exactly and a lot of people just because you don't believe in them doesn't mean they don't believe in you oh yeah 
I, I don't <laughs> listen to anything. I, I say listen because I do mainly audiobooks. I don't. I don't want to read or listen to anything that I could write myself, basically. And I mean that in the sense of like. I don't want to read any of the Colleen Hoovers or the board housewives who write about the man having an affair with the neighbor and blah, 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 blah. No. If it's something I could write about my own life, I don't want to read it. I love fantasy. I love, like, fey books, some type of magic, mm-hmm. like, some sort of, like, uh, power situation. All that's my jam. I'm uh I'm working on two books right now. Oh, that's uh, awesome. One is a fantasy, and it's mm-hmm. gonna be kind of like I hope maybe to be a trilogy. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna write the first one, just kind of see. Probably be like most things that I do. Like with the Porch Talk record, I had 300 copies uh, made, and I've got less than 100 left to mm-hmm. get get off of. And so I consider that to be a success. Yeah. I, I knew it was gonna be very niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew not everybody was gonna be into it. That's fine. Same with the fantasy. And then the other one is just kind of like a personal. Uh, I'm like, I, r- I wrote the first chapter to completion, and right now I'm letting some people proof it. But uh, first chapter, and I, I don't know what I'd I'm going to I'd love to proof it. I, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, but the first chapter was uh, it's, it's just on suffering. Yeah. And pain. Yeah. And like. Now, I do like memoirs. I do and, love memoirs. And like, it's, it's not, I do go into some personal things. Mm-hmm. But like it's it's coming at an approach to where like all the suffering, all the pain, whether physical, mental, emotional, all of those things is I'm I'm very sad and it sucks that it happened to you. Mm-hmm. But those are your greatest triumphs when you overcome it, especially when you it don't take you but one time to put your hand on a hot stove. So sometimes we need pain. Yeah. Like it's it's lessons, it's life. And yeah, like you said, a memoir, and it's like just like that. And that book is like heavy. Like I want to get it done like before my nephew is a teenager, mm-hmm. and I, I want him to read it. Like, like what not to do? Yeah, it's just a guy. It's a, it's a it's of your idiot uncle's guide to not being a total wreck like he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like my biggest goal with my kids. It's like I want them to be a happier, less traumatized version of me. And if I can make that happen, then I've succeeded. Yeah. Like, they don't have to be millionaires. They don't have to do anything other than be happy and not have trauma. And I feel like I've succeeded. Well, and my biggest thing, especially, like, I see it in my own life. And, like, thankfully, like, I, I guess it just comes with time and a little bit of wisdom. But, like, I have made, like mistakes not not just once not twice not thrice but yeah over and over like i keep making the same mistakes and then like i'm finally able to identify as like this gets you every stinking time either yeah. do not put yourself in that situation or quit being around that type of person yeah i think that's the definition of it. insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different yeah. outcome and i'm guilt so guilty we are god so guilty yeah like, I think I'm just going to do, like, this again, because I haven't done this in a while. And, like, maybe it's going to work out it's this gonna time. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Time. It's going to be fun. I've grown. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, it's, like, six sh- months later, yeah. it's, like... Maybe I shouldn't do uh, it right the last time. Yeah. No. Same yeah. terrible mistake. Still a bad idea. They are still a bad idea. Don't yeah. talk to them. So, and I'm, I'm also... We get it on this platform, too. Like, we talk about it, and I can't wait to hear, like, midwife crisis. It's, like, uh... Describe it again for just everybody listening. So, 
midwife crisis is kind of our take on a midlife crisis. Um, it's a slang term in Urban Dictionary where it's like a, a wife just kind of snaps. And uh, we're both moms in our 30s. She is divorced and remarried. I am married as a second wife into a blended family. And it's just, we grew up together. Uh, my co-host, Ashley Wolf, shout out, love you. Uh, and we just talk about what it's like to be working professionals who are married, trying to be everything to everyone and failing miserably most of the time, but getting by. And just our thoughts on different topics and areas, kind of like this, but um, probably a more female perspective perspective yeah, yeah absolutely uh, and like just this this stage in life where you're just literally trying to figure it out and like we've talked about seems like several people we know you know y'all talked about on a man up are having like these quarter life crises Th- that is like the last two months is like i have identified like so many quarter life crises yes. with people that i know and i was like i think that i don't know if that's a new thing or if it's always been this way but like I think, like, when people are coming out, like, let's say, it, I think it happens anywhere from, like, 27 to 40. Well, think about it. We're coming out of the pandemic where you had to do a lot of self-reflection, and a lot of people lost their jobs or had to redefine their jobs or their roles. Uh, we're coming out, social media just intensifies everything, speeds everything up. So between technology, a global pandemic that's never happened, we're a generation of school shooters, we're a generation of war, uh, 9-11 happened for our people. Like, we're a traumatic generation. Yeah. And so I think it just speeds it up. Yeah. Like, Pearl High School was... Like, we're in our second housing and market crash. Yeah. Like, and with, talking <laughs> about, like, shooting, Pearl High School was one of the first school shootings. Wes actually said that. Before Columbine. That's the town next to mine. Mm-hmm. I remember having to go and look at private schools, Jackson Academy, Jackson Prep, after that shooting. My cousins went to that school. They just happened to be late that day. Like, I remember that trauma. And then you remember exactly well, where you were when yeah. 9-11 happened. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it was trauma after trauma. And then... Now, all of a sudden, we're thrown... I was 17 when social media started. Well, I'm not counting MySpace, but, like, Facebook, when it really blew up. I wish we would count MySpace. MySpace was What was your theme song? I don't even remember. Like, I was... What would it be now? Oh, God. Probably Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac. Hell, yeah. God, something like that. Something just angsty and, like moody the way she looks at him so disrespectfully and makes him sing about cheating on her is just you don't get that level of pettiness that easy and she eats and she leaves no crumbs like she tears it up (laughs) and i love it she's like guess what you're gonna do this you're gonna sing this song mine it changes but i think mine is uh how you like me now? By the heavy. Yeah. How you, know you that? like me? Yeah. I'm glad you know that song. A lot yeah, of people don't. Definitely. Yeah. That song bangs. Yeah. But my my musical tastes are so eclectic there. that who knows <laughs> like what it would be from a day to day basis. I post a lot. Like half the time, my stories or whatever song is like on me right at good, the moment. Good follow, by the way. Like uh, I like the content. I don't interact with it as much. 
because I don't want to be kind of weird, but uh, I, I might start. I interact with your content all the time. I know. I'm going a, I'm to a share the space here. I'm a much better fan than you are. I got a, I got a fanboy up. I know. I was hoping to get more of a hit with... I thought about that Dalmatian thing for like two hours before I posted it. And when's the last time you saw a Dalmatian? Okay. Literally was just talking about this because one of my best friends has a Dalmatian. I've never seen one in person. I haven't either. So, like, if she didn't have one, I wouldn't really believe that they exist. And I've never actually seen her dog. And why is it the mascot of a fire station? Why? Like, that makes no sense. Why is it not, like, a lab or, like, it's like a service-type dog? Like, something that's, like, eager to please? Like, how did that happen? But, no, I've never seen one in person. And I feel some type of way about it because... I do, too. Where are they hiding? 101 Dalmatians. If I go to Disney World... Is there 101 Dalmatians? I don't think there's 101 Dalmatians in the country. I don't think there's 101 Dalmatians, period. I think it's a, it's a myth. Exactly. And I'm calling that Imagineers. Hit me up. Yeah, this is a total conspiracy and I don't theory see a photo. that no one's talking about. This is my favorite one now. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Imagineers, if you're out there and you're like, they do in fact exist, you send me a picture, I'm not believe. I have to put my eyes on it, and I want to pet it and tell it it's a good boy. Yes, I have to see this dog. Shout out to Talon, my friend Juliana's dog. I've never seen him. I've only seen photos of him. And I did a photo of him as a present for her for Christmas. I painted a picture of him. But I've never you seen You painted him. a picture of a dog that may not even exist. That's true. Like, what kind of jerk does that make you me? Were, you were AI before AI. Yes. But I was paid to do it, so I don't care. There you go. Roll me my money. I'll paint a picture of that You're a good flower. Painter. It, when I say painted, I do digital. I can paint. I do physical paintings. But the ones I usually sell are uh, digital paintings that I do, like, on my iPad. And so I do digital portraits of like people or animals and then sell those. They print them and frame them. That's sick. It's, it's fun. I had a, I've done this a couple of times and I love it. And I'm going to do it again as soon as the opportunity presents itself to me. I've, I've done two different podcasts with two different artists. Mm-hmm. And while we were conducting the conversation, they were drawing me. That's legit. And it was, like, so fun, like, just seeing it just come to life right in mm-hmm. front of you. Then you get done, and, like, it's great Mother's Day gifts. See, and I... Because I'm not the type, like, uh. to... At my work desk, I have a picture, a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that guy. Just, like, beaming that picture that you have with the cat. Just, like, yeah. looking off to the side. A very, like, Olin Mills portrait. Just you and the cat. Yeah. That would be legit. You should do that. You should do that. I do have some good You should things. have nothing but pictures of yourself. At, in various states at your desk so that when people walk by they can be like what's Alan's life about that this is obviously him yeah like this, this is what he's got like bow ties and like short button up shirts and stuff like that's that's I, gold uh, a pocket protector yes like all the things like different themes I think you should do it but like y'all like when y'all get distracted by the uh, chat on man up and y'all all freeze yeah I don't know if I was drawing like doing art while talking if I would freeze up when I was concentrating or if it would help me because in meetings and stuff I'm always doodling at church if I'm not taking notes I wander in my mind so I don't know if I need to doodle and stuff to listen 
and I can interact or if I would freeze up like y'all do watching the chat. I don't know. <laughs> so I guess I would have to try it. Yeah, that's a discipline. And I've, uh, the few porch talk lives that I've done, mm-hmm. whether like we used to do Facebook live mm-hmm. and now we have the YouTube the where we can do, we can do YouTube live now and I don't have a mo. And so we all need a mo. Shout out mo. Yeah. And if, if I had like a chat that was that interactive on porch talk and I'm running the sound, I'm hosting and I'm keeping my eyes on the video. Mm hmm. There would need to be another host. I would become the producer, and I would be the guy just watching everything. I would be the meanest producer. I would yell at y'all so much. I would spray y'all like cats when y'all said stuff y'all shouldn't. <laughs> like, Mo's so sweet, bless his heart, because I would be out there like, don't say that. Don't say that. Like, I would give, like, <gasps> y'all know what y'all need? Like, like those buzzers or shockers, and y'all are sitting there, and y'all are waiting on it. And so, like, when you when something happens, I get to buzz you, and I'll be, oops, sorry, Wes, that wasn't for you. And it was it was it was for Alan. It was for Tyler, and that would be awesome. That would uh, add a little element to it. I am glad that uh, Tyler and I weren't there this past time. It was good because I went back and listened to it, and the one guy that I had been wanting to shine, me too. Shined. I know. Short shout King. Out Wes. Shout out, Wes. Killing the game out here. Finally getting to talk and not fight for air. I've went back and listened. I mean, in like Porsche Talk episodes, like I, I do so much listening to it, like in post production. I don't listen to my own podcast when it's live. Like, one, well, I think that's weird. <laughs> but, uh, but Man Up's a little bit different because, like, when I go back and listen to that, I'm trying to listen to the dynamics. And, like, I think I'm most guilty of cutting Wes off. When I go back and listen, like every time he's about to speak or he starts, here I come. <laughs> it's usually you and Jake fighting to cut each other off. Like you're about to say something and Jake cuts yeah. you off, or Tyler says something out of left field. I feel like everybody cuts Wes off. I don't know. I haven't noticed that you're supremely guilty of it, but it's it is Wes that gets cut off the most. Second, you. Probably nobody cuts Jake off really, but I, I never like that is that's one. And I think it's funny. I never get to finish any point that I'm trying to make. God no, <laughs> no. And you're just sitting there like, and I'm like, God bless guys, come on. I was on a roll. Yeah, <laughs> but I do love it when y'all get each other stirred up, especially when I can tell that you are being ridiculous. And Jake's like, No, but are you serious? And you're like. Sure. I mean, I don't know. Am I? And you were like wearing sunglasses or something. He's like, okay, but the way you're saying it makes it seem like you're joking, but you're, you're acting like you're serious. I get real tickled at that. I love that. My, that's my favorite bit. That is, it's good. And that, that is one thing like uh, I've learned not only through Porch Talk, but it is easier to be a fan of a show, in my opinion, when you know who's always on it. Like when it's... Yes. Like... Take midwife crisis, crisis you yes. and Ashley. Like, granted, like every now and then, we got a third chair for somebody, right? Which is cool, right? It kind of changes up the dynamic. It's, it makes it fresh again, and and but like with porch talk is like my biggest draw is like you might be a fan of who I'm talking to. It's very possible that you don't even know who I am, right? Right, that's true. I think your brand, though. I mean, it kind of. Uh it's a revolving door for people. And so 
what I did was I went through and I listened to the people I knew. So I mm-hmm. listened to all of Jake's episodes and then I listened to all of Man Up's episodes and then the Del Rendon Foundation. Shout out to Del Rendon Foundation. And then asked you, what do you recommend? And then started from there because I didn't have time to do what I normally do. And that start from the OG number one. I got one. a big catalog too. I like to go to the start yeah. and start from there because I don't want to miss anything yeah like i if i become a fan i become a fan yeah i can always tell when that happens too like shout out to those cats is like someone picks up like maybe they like the guests that i had Mm -hmm. and then a month later i see like a huge spike Mm -hmm. in the download it's like Mm -hmm. somebody just downloaded the entire catalog yes thanks you know yeah thank you appreciate it helps me out yeah Mm -hmm. i no, i do i don't i'm not one of those people who can like Somebody tells me about a show, and I can start in season three, episode two. Back the heck up. Pump the brakes, because your girl is starting from season one, ep one. And if you spoil it, I probably will stop being friends with you. I'm <laughs> that serious about it. Yeah. Like, it it becomes an obsession. And it used to be to the point where I would finish it regardless if I hated it. Like, I'd be yelling at the TV the whole time. Like, I hope she dies. I hope she dies. I hate this show. I don't know why I'm still watching it. But now... I'll just stop watching. And that was a big, like, a big turning point for me in my TV watching, like, book reading. Like, I never could have not finished a book, like, a few years ago. Now, if I'm not into it, cut it. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, and that's another thing, too, is, like, it. I think being tailor-made to, like, the types of discussions, like, it goes back to the types of people that you have on the show, whether it's... You know, it's just you and Ashley mm-hmm. every now and then in the third chair. And whether it's like we meet once a week, of uh, you know the subject matter. Here's mm-hmm. here's what went down or here's what what we're gonna talk about. Easy to build that fan base. But like when you have a revolving door and you It's gotta be tough. It, it it is tough. Yeah, because I don't necessarily care about Jim davis the guitar player of the bricks i'm just looking around at random things right now right. who lives in milwaukee right but i like you and i know you mm-hmm. and so that's how i got started watching man up i knew jake i kind of knew tyler and wes so i started watching it and that's why i stay I, i'm somebody that's like loyal to a thought and so if i like Mm -hmm. you i don't care about the random guest usually i'm gonna just want to support you and i'll find the funny in just about anything yeah and and that's one thing i I don't remember who i was talking to it may have been another podcaster i can't remember but we were talking about like brand building Mm -hmm. and that was one thing like and I, i think i nailed it with this year uh like i wanted to up the caliber of what porch talk was and when think about brand and brand recognition, it's like if I'm the host and I'm the only one that is always on this mm-hmm. program with a revolving door of different people from all over the world, mm-hmm. I've got like I've got to work on me and I've got to be I've got to be a whole lot more. Got to be dynamic yep. and charismatic because I'm carrying the fan base really. Yeah, it's like it's like you said. I mean, like you think Joe Rogan. I mean, it's the same thing. It's yeah. like one on one with it's it's celebrity mode. Mm-hmm. But 
But like when when you left the other day, I said you didn't ask me one single question that I thought you were going to, and you said, "Look, sometimes I've got to ask those questions that you were thought I was going to ask because the person isn't ready. They need some a push. You didn't need a push." And I was like, "But dude, I was ready for those questions. I wasn't <laughs> ready for what we talked about." Yeah. And so I think that that also comes with it is being able to take when someone's giving you nothing and pull something out of it which i think you've done a great job of yeah that, that and that's one thing that i've told of like a friend of mine was considering like starting a podcast very similar to this is like uh anything that you've learned over the f- almost five years you've been doing this now and i was like uh I'm not saying that 18 to 25-year-olds don't have anything to bring to the table. I'm just saying that their story is a little bit shorter and their experiences is not as much. Like, I will interview people like that, but I'm also under the anticipation that it's only going to probably be about 15 minutes at best. And I'm probably going to do most of the talking. We've got two guests on our podcast today to make it an hour long. It is Randy Taylor, 22-year-old drummer from The Columns. And in 30 minutes, it will be Bob Tyler from The Trees. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two people episodes. Mm -hmm. You can get two in one. Two first. Yeah. And then, like, uh, I've been called by venues or people who are throwing festivals like we're going to give you a press pass we want you to interview any and every band that wants to be interviewed like just to uplift this festival and mm-hmm. like next year maybe we'll have more success and i love doing that oh yeah but also it's shotgun because like i'm sitting at the green room at this establishment and first band i just interviewed just stepped on the stage I'm with the second band, and we're doing, like, 15 to 20-minute interviews. And, like, yeah, I am asking, like, practically the same questions, mm-hmm. but totally different people from total different area, total, yeah. total different experience. And that that was one thing, like, early, like, people were critiquing. It's like, man, you're, like, when you're talking to these people, you're asking the same questions. And I was like, well, think about it. These are the things that I personally want to know about. They also have different answers. Their lived experience, and they have different answers. And it was like, it's helping me not only with my songwriting, mm-hmm. my craft, but, like, it's helping me better understand, like, the world through their eyes. And yeah. then I know how to better approach them. Like, all those questions you thought I was going to ask? Yeah. Didn't need to. You could ask both of us, just both of us, a hundred questions. I guarantee you we're not going to answer any of them Mm-mm. the same. No. So that's kind of a ridiculous critique. Kind of remind you sitting at the back kind of reminds me of the kid from Almost Famous. Like him just like trying to get these people to interview. Yeah. But they're being such musicians and like just wanting to hang out and party with him and calling him the enemy and everything. Like I can kind of picture that yeah. in my head. You just hanging out and wanting to be everybody's good time guy, but still being like, hey, we kind of need to talk we about this. We got to get the word. Yeah, we got to also do this. Yeah. And dude, I'm telling you, like every, like this is with every creative and I mean that's primarily what this show is uh, every stereotype about a musician or artist true oh I'm sure absolutely true or they're trying to make it true mm-hmm. like they're like oh I'm not this but this is what musicians are so therefore it probably doubles down on the stereotype and makes it like doubly so <laughs> it's a, yeah so it's like okay uh, like there's there's one band out in California I've been 
trying to interview for three months. Mm-hmm. We'll set up a day, a time. Now we're doing East Coast, West Coast baseball with timing. Mm-hmm. Three hour time difference, two hour time <laughs> yeah. difference. And the day of, and this this is this is another reason like. I like doing episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. If I have more, I might give you a Wednesday. I might give you a Friday. I might give you a Saturday episode. But I want, like, Tuesday, Thursday are my days. Mm-hmm. And, like, if we scheduled Monday night to do an interview mm-hmm. and you cancel, now I've got to call Lauren or I've got to call John or Jake or Kyle somebody. Or somebody. Like, somebody. Like, we have to get on the horn. Now, because that's your day. Yeah. Like I wasted my day on you. Yeah. So you're screwing me. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because like if you have regulars, but, but at, but at the, regulars. But at the, yeah. But, and at the same time, is like I'm not mad. Like and you know they're apologizing. Of course, I mean. But like, you lose relevancy if you don't post on those you, days. You have to, like when you pick your times. You yes. You, you have fall to go. out of the algorithm. Yep. That's just it. So, and it, yeah. and it hurts. I'm sure. And I don't know anything about it yet. This is just my armchair expert opinion. But I can see knowing what I do about the marketing side of things and that being like, you know, design and marketing being my actual job. I can see where if you are not staying consistent and relevant, that all it does is hurt you. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I've, I have a friend, she works in marketing. Uh, shout out to you, Barb. She has offered me time and time and time again. She's like, I will do your social media and all of your marketing and branding, and I'll, I'll do it at a friend price. Mm-hmm. And every time I, I was like, no, because like maybe one day I would love to step completely away from social media, but like I do not think that you have t- the tack or like the way of words. Like if someone else started running like Porch Talk Media, it would be obvious. It would be very obvious because like. I misspell words on purpose. Mm-hmm. And you say off offhand stuff. I mean, yeah. like, off-the-wall things, because that's part of your brand. Yeah. Like, and that's what I told her. I was yeah. like, there is no doubt that you're better at marketing and branding than I am, because that is what you do. But I was like, what I do in itself is a brand. It'd be like hiring ChatGPT to do yeah. it. Yeah. Because you could get ChatGPT to do it right now mm-hmm. for free, but it wouldn't be Alan, and it would be very obvious. And, and you'll see, like, the lulls, and, like, this is another thing about social media is, like, I like posting ridiculous things on my personal, but like, and then I try to stay somewhat professional on porch talk. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy running both accounts. Oh yeah. And like, I'm not a doom scroller on social media. I typically, I'll get on there, post what I got to say. I might scroll a little bit to see what my friends are up to, and I'm off. But like, these people who are like spending like. A whole work day on social media? God, you have got to be mentally ill. The only one that I could die in, like live and die in, is TikTok. And that's because it is a literal dopamine hit every five seconds. Yeah. And that's what it's designed to be. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, like two hours has gone by and you're like, oh my God. And you like make this bargain with yourself. You're like, okay, I'm just going to wait until I see like a really funny one and then I'm going to stop. And then you get to that really point where you're like, okay, I'm but the next one. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's... And even, like, yeah. with, with uh, Facebook and Instagram with their reels, mm-hmm. and then even, like, when YouTube implemented shorts, mm-hmm. they're all trying to get into that niche market. Oh, yeah. Of you doom scrolling. Mm-hmm. 
And, and my dad's like, China this, China that. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care. What you don't understand is the doctor can't give me a drug strong enough as TikTok for me right now. It is making me happy. It is giving me dopamine. I'm not doing drugs. I could be a crackhead and a prostitute. You're lucky, Dad. You're lucky that China has my information right now. Yeah, you're I, welcome. I, I don't. I do not have that app. And like a lot of my, a lot of my friends are like send me like in you know DMs mm-hmm. or text messages, a TikTok, and I'll write them back. It's like I don't have that. I don't have that app. And it's like. Well, you don't want China having your information? I was like, it's not that. It's like, I'm looking out for my personal. Like, you know yourself. You yeah. know that you're an addictive personality. Yeah, I exactly. know I don't need that. So, dude. He's got to get around you to go get our kid. The keys are in it. Yeah. Shout out to Bo Button, my husband, everyone. He's got to go get our precious angel from hip-hop class. So, he's nice. moving Alan's truck. Hip-hop class. Oh, yeah. My girl can do it. She does all the things. And there goes my cat again. Uh, we do hip hop. We, uh, my husband's ex-wife, Kristen Budlove, she owns the warehouse dance studio. Shout out, Kristen. Her and her husband, Aaron, run it. And my oldest daughter, their daughter together, uh, is a competitive dancer. She's amazing. And my youngest daughter does too. We are a modern blended family and we... We uh we tear it up together. It's awesome. Good for y'all. Yeah, because it could be so much worse. Absolutely. God good. bless. They are the hippie versions of us, and I am fine with that. I like. Uh, I, I, I'm glad you jumped on in on it. I love doing this to hippies. Uh, and there's already a song called this. I wouldn't call it the same thing, but my buddy Abe Partridge has a song called "Get Behind Me, Hippie." Mm-hmm. And I want to write a. Of a song of my disdain for hippies. <laughs> you have a disdain for hippies. You're like kind of a hippie yourself. Ain't that wild? Yes, you're like a porch hippie. <laughs> <laughs> you're not like a dirty one, but you're definitely like you're like a hipster hippie. I remember living on the Gulf Coast, and there was like a widespread or like a panic. Or, well, that's the same thing. Or fish, or <laughs> one of those things. It was coming to town, and I remember, like, you know, they travel in rows. Oh, and, God, And I don't yeah. know what these people do for money. They just, I don't know why, how like they... It's cruise people. Uh-huh. They just, like, yeah, like, some people, like, live on cruises all year, and it's like, what do you do? Yeah. Like, how do you have this money to follow tours? Oh, yeah. There he goes on the golf cart to get my kid, yeah. Oh, is that close? I mean, it's at Brickerton. Nice. Yeah. That's the life we live. Oh, but yeah, it's like they they came in they came in their troves, they trashed the entire city. It smelled like shit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and then they just left, and then like perpetual and, New Orleans. And I, I'm personally, I am a civil servant. That's what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. And I could not imagine like what these city workers like. Oh great, that they're coming to town. Oh god, yeah, they're like you trashing the whole immediately. City. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like going to New Orleans, but like that, it being like that sporadically. Like in New Orleans, I feel like you know it's going to suck all the time. But like if you live like somewhere like semi decent, like every time these people come to town, you're like, God. And so, yeah, does it bring in good tax dollars and local revenue? Sure. But is it just like a cesspool of disgusting people? Absolutely. Absolutely, it is. On top of that, 
is I am so happy that I don't live in a tourist trap. Ugh, same. Because I, I used to. Oh, yeah. And, we, you know, we called them snowbirds when we were on the Gulf Coast. It's all, like, you know, Michigan and, like, all all the northern states coming down for the winter. All the Yankees. Yeah, and, like, yeah, everything you said, it's, it's good for business, mm-hmm. the economy, and all this. But, golly, you, you come down and you just totally disrespect not only the culture, but, like, everything that we have jiving. Yes. And, like, it's just, you don't give off the same vibe at all. And you don't understand why we don't like your vibe. And we don't understand why you don't like our vibe. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, just friction. Mm-hmm. And it just stays friction. Because we don't, we just don't mesh. Because we don't have the same values, essentially. That's just it. And, like, that is one thing that is insane to me i've i've been blessed enough to have been able to travel to different countries uh only in this hemisphere a lot in central and south america and it is a lot different and like these people from these countries they carry a certain connotation when it comes to americans Mm -hmm. and it's so weird living in the united states state to state Mm -hmm. like just think where we are, the twin state, mm-hmm. Alabama, Mississippi. <laughs> we love to dog each other. <laughs> love it. And like, what's crazy is like, we're 49 not o- and 50. We compete. Yeah. Not only do we mirror each other on a map, the oh, way yeah. that we look, like, like anytime a Mississippian gives me crap for being Alabamian, it's like, we are literally the same. Yes. You beat us this year as number 50 in the worst states. And, you know, We'll be 49 next year. Like, we yeah. tag team for 49 and 50 yeah. constantly. And, yeah, we love in to think we better than each other. the worst possible things. Oh, yeah. Like, we're number one in STDs. We're number one in obesity. We're number one <laughs> Education. In, yeah. We're last in education. Like, welcome to the South. Yeah. Welcome. You will have great food. Yeah. You can listen to great music. We're not going to teach your kids a lot of things, and you will probably leave with an STD, but welcome. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to our world. You will leave fatter. And, and that is another thing that I like, like talking, like, uh, latest guest, Nooski, out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Is, Zach Shepard's twin. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I thought that was a very funny comment that you had. It was, it was eerie. Yeah. It was so eerie. Like, watching him, having watched Dak Shepard's, like, podcast and everything. I'm a huge fan of Listening to him. So am I. It was just like, I was like, ooh, this is weird. It's like he had a brother that I don't know about. <laughs> it was very strange. Yeah. And, uh, like, anytime like, I get a guest from Canada or, mm-hmm. like, or uh, I had a UK guest. It's so weird because, like, and I like asking people at the end of it. It's like, what was your favorite part of the conversation? Many times it's like, love your accent. Oh, God. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Uh, One time we were in Puerto Rico. Uh, I traveled with my family a lot growing up because my dad would win trips. Like, if he did well in whatever. Oh, the 51st state. Shout out. He was doing. So we went down there and we were uh, kayaking at night with the phytoplankton, which, by the way, is amazing. They're bioluminescent. And so, like, if you would put your hand in the water, it would glow. And it was awesome. But I was with these two Australian girls, and they were like, have you ever seen King of the Hill? And that was a terrible Australian accent. Uh, It passes. I I feel like it was more British. Anyway, and I was like, yeah. Well, they're of the the Commonwealth. You just, like, 
you just like uh, that's so British. Now I can't even do. Yeah. Like, now I can't even think about what it sounds like. Do but that. they were like, okay, you sound just like King of the Hill, and I was like, that is not a compliment. Yeah, that is not what you tell people. But they loved it. They ate it. Yeah, it's like King of the Hill. Love it. Love the accent. It was like you understand. Like that show was made to make fun of me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just, I don't know how they thought in their minds that that was a good thing. I was like, um, thank you. I put another shrimp on the Barbie. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, and true story, I'm not going to quote it because they do get offended by that. Uh, with the, the dingo eating the baby. Yes. Uh, Such a big deal. Yeah. It was like it, the biggest to, deal ever. To this day. Yes. I saw something recently. I think Margot, it was like a Margot Robbie interview or something. She was like, no, that's honestly still a really big deal. Yeah. And she also said, which I thought was the funniest thing. They were like, what were you most excited about in the States? And she was like, red solo cups. And they were like, what? And she said, red solo cups. She said, when I got here, every movie I had seen, all the parties had red solo cups. And she said, and when you get here, it's, it's real. Like it's an actual thing. She Mm -hmm. said, she packs suitcase you can't get them there she said she packs suitcases full of red solo cups to take home and her friends are like jazzed they're like yes let's have a party with the red solo cups it's the most bizarre thing that they get excited about wow i know right i mean i can send you red solo cups margot robbie be Mm, my friend definitely could i didn't know she was australian yeah that's new on me well it's because she's always got an american accent in movies really shout out to uh I i can't think of his name but uh the the new Spider-Man, he's British, but he pulls off a great American. Oh, Tom Holland, yeah. Yeah, shout out to him. he's great. He's probably, and I don't even like... I think he's a star, man. He's the best one, in my opinion. Yeah. He was in a movie... uh, And uh, his girlfriend... Zendaya. Yeah, she's great. Yes, she is, and she's so talented. She's in a show called Euphoria. She can sing, she can act, Mm -hmm. she tears it up. But he was in a movie, it was a true story... Uh, called The Impossible, and it's about the uh, tsunami that hit, um, I forgot where it hit, but it was like a, uh, a resort, and it was about this family that when the tsunami hit, they got separated, and they had to, no one knew who was alive and who was dead. Like, the dad was with I don't want to spoil anything, but anyway, he was in it and it's so visceral. Like some of the scenes where they're getting like where they're pulled underwater and things are hitting them like uh, limbs and metal and it's cutting them and showing all of it. It's such a good movie and he did such a good job in it because he was the oldest boy and he was having to be like the go between to try and like see if the family was still alive. It was such a good movie. Like it's hard to watch. I think I know the film you're talking about, but I can't so, think of the name. The Impossible. Of it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, good. He's a super good actor. We're at the hour and a half mark, Lauren. I want to cut it right here. We can do another episode if you want to. It's good. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you haven't done so, please rate, review, subscribe. Word of mouth is king. Tell people about Porch Talk. And Lauren, before we go, if you will plug the socials for Midwife Crisis. So, pump it up. <laughs> we are on Facebook at just Midwife Crisis and uh, Instagram, we are at Midwife Crisis Pod. And I think that's all we've got right now. I need to do better. Um, 
no, Midwife Crisis Podcast on Instagram. So just if you look up Midwife Crisis, we are, you should be able to find us. Right on. Basically. Laura and I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Maybe we'll do round two. See y'all. Y'all take care. See ya. One, two, three, four. I wake up, the sun's still down. Can't see around the room. Got a big old mess around the house. Don't know what to do. Yeah, nothing's right when baby's got the blues. Car won't start, my dog got sick, got two leaks on the roof. Got a pass due bill from the termite folks, a chip on my front tooth. Yeah, nothing's right when baby's got the I get down when baby's got the blues Yeah, I get down, don't know what to do Yeah, nothing's right when baby's got the who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done